The Razorbacks suffer a tough loss against Hofstra in North Little Rock. Trey Williams, Razorback defensive lineman, opts out of the bowl game while also getting arrested. And, man, how do you not love John Daly? We're going to talk about that and a lot more coming up on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Hopefully, hopefully everybody had a wonderful weekend as it is the Christmas week. So I know a lot of you are going to be traveling as well as uh, doing some fun things with the family and the loved ones. So if I don't get to see or speak to you until then, Merry Christmas to all of you. But uh, the weekend itself was not so good if you were a Razorback fan. It seems like in most weekends we either be able to have a podcast where everything's going great and there's positives to take from things. And there's other times where it's just uh, can't really uh, can't really find anything positive to talk about. And then. This might be one of those podcasts, unfortunately. Uh, but the big news, of course, over the weekend was the Razorback basketball team losing to Hofstra in North Little Rock at Simmons Bank Arena by a final score of 89 and 81. It would like, take me a while just to even say that. Like, uh, Extremely, extremely frustrating game. The game was not on TV. And I, you know what? That actually ended up being a good thing. Glad this game wasn't on TV so that way people can see highlights of it. Uh, but Arkansas just got totally whipped. Uh, I mean, Arkansas had a, a 40 to 32 deficit at halftime and never really recovered. They got within four points, I think, three or four points there in the second half. But just because of great coaching and great execution and great game planning by Hofstra, they were able to get the victory. And the worst thing about it is a baby, uh, how are you saying his name? I Iola. I, I forgot how to say his name. But either way, he was a former Razorback. He was on the team last year. And uh, he absolutely dominated Arkansas with 18 points and 14 rebounds. Uh, Estrada also had 22 points and 10 rebounds for them. And then Ray had 22 points. So you're talking about really just three guys for uh, Hofstra that ended up putting it to Arkansas. And then on the other side of things with the Razorbacks, there was a new starting lineup. K.K. Robinson was in the starting lineup. Stanley Amude was in the starting lineup. Uh, Devo Davis, as well as uh, Jalen Williams and a, a DC Tony, were all still in the starting lineup, but you didn't really get much out of them. In fact, uh, JD Note comes off the bench, gets you 20 points, and Chris Likes gets you 19. And that was essentially where the most of your offense came from. You know, Jackson Robinson comes in late and hits three threes, gets nine points for him. Uh, DC Tony gets nine, Devo Davis gets nine. Uh, but that was it. You had nobody really close to uh, doing anything in any other stat line of note. Arkansas just straight up got out-rebounded tremendously, 40-33. to 33. And uh, Arkansas had 15 turnovers compared to 11 there by uh, Hofstra. But I think the, the most frustrating thing is we can look at the box score and we can talk about all those things. To me, the most frustrating thing that I saw from this game, and I was there, was how Hofstra kept just doing the same thing over and over and over again offensively. Like Arkansas's offense was not bad in this game. But Hofstra just kept doing the same thing. 
they kept running the pick and roll. And they kept letting Abibi, Abebe, get down low and have Chris Likes or J.D. Note on him from the switch, and they would either throw it down into him or the guard would blast by Jalen Williams and either go up for a layup or find him uh, a baby wide open. Like, there was nothing crazy about their game plan. There's nothing crazy about what they did, per se. It was just an, an extremely well-put-together game plan. And the most disappointing thing about it all is that people, and this is myself included, are now starting to wonder and starting to think about the case of, okay, maybe this team is not as good as what we were hoping. Maybe this team, it's going to take a little bit longer than we anticipated for them to get going. Maybe this team has bigger issues. Now, there is a lot of season left, and I want to keep reiterating that fact because the sky is not falling. The season's not a failure. I don't want to go into any of that stuff because, again, we've seen turnarounds happen. We've seen bad losses happen to good teams. Like, I don't want to hit the panic button. That's dumb. But I think it would be completely and totally remiss if I did not start thinking about the possibilities that maybe this team is not as good as what I thought they were. Maybe this team is not as good as what I hoped they were. And I was one of those, just like many of you, that felt like this could be a team that makes it just as far into the NCAA tournament, maybe even has a chance to win the SEC. But as of right now, their problems, especially defensively, is extremely worrisome to where not only are they going to struggle when they go up against good SEC teams, but they're going to have a blueprint on how to beat them every single time. And that blueprint is something that most teams are capable of doing. Essentially, what you do defensively is just try to force Arkansas to hit threes. I mean, that, that's what you got to do. Now, in this game alone, it was funny because Arkansas did hit uh, 12 three-pointers, but like six of them came in the final like three minutes of the game, it seemed like. But the point is, is that that's kind of, if you can do that defensively against Arkansas and make them shoot threes and let them get nothing inside, and then when you're uh, on the offensive attack, you're able to get people out of position, get guards like J.D. Note or Chris Likes on your bigs in pick-and-roll situations and either drive in and then kick or be able to drive in and then throw it up, whatever it is, that's pretty much the recipe of how to beat these Razorbacks right now. And I'm telling you this, as someone who's not a basketball person like me, I'm not going to sit here and try to, you know, talk about how much I know about basketball because I don't. But if it's something that I can see and I can kind of see how to beat this team and what their struggles are and what their weaknesses are, then you know that they're going to be a lot more, much better experienced and much more understanding of the game of basketball people that are going to be able to put this into play and defeat the Arkansas Razorbacks. So I'm worried. I mean, I wouldn't sit here and try to say that I'm not. I'm I'm concerned that this is like I was hoping that after the loss against Oklahoma and what you got embarrassed and you got just the woodwork put to you and you your coach got ejected like I was hoping I'm like okay they got a week they got a week to let that kind of settle in and then they can come out firing hot in front of a really good crowd in North Little Rock 
and showcase that, hey, that, that ain't going to happen again. That type of performance is not going to happen again. That's what I was hoping for. And when that didn't happen, I started feeling that kind of that pit in my stomach of, oh, no. <laughs> maybe maybe this was all, uh, maybe maybe we were giving them too much credit. Maybe they were feeling themselves too much. There's talent on this team, guys. Like, there's there's talent on this Razorback basketball team. It just doesn't seem to have the roles defined. And the things that they were so good at last year, they're missing those key components. Like, they are missing the great ability of, say, a Jalen Tate, of a, a tall guard who actually could play point guard and could be really good defensively. Like, they're missing that piece. They're missing a Moses Moody, who, of course, is a bona fide NBA player, but a guy that can go out and get you 18 points on any given night and be able to shoot the three effectively. Like, they're missing that. And they're miss, even missing a Justin Smith, who's kind of the do-it-all guy that he could score points, he could play defense, he could rebound, he was strong, he was athletic. Like, he had it all. Like, it seems like they're missing a lot of those components. And instead of trying to utilize or trying to switch it up and trying to go towards something else that may be your strength or what you can be really good about this team, it seems like you're still trying to fit this square peg in a round hole. And you haven't been able to put it all together and to make it work. So, again, I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm not saying this season's lost. I'm not saying this team sucks or anything like that. So don't misconstrue it. But I am saying that there are pieces and parts of this team that are extremely concerning and they have to get fixed. And I, and I don't know if they will be able to get fixed. I guess we'll find out here in the coming weeks because conference play is right around the corner. And the SEC about is about as tough of a conference this year as it ever has been. Now, luckily, you do have a much easier slate of games in the early part of conference season. But it's still not to say that it's going to be easy. You have to be able to fix these problems. You have to be a better basketball team because if you don't get it turned around and you start losing, uh, going on a stretch where you start losing some bad games again, there may be no coming back from it. It's kind of just how college basketball can be. You can lose a lot of goodwill. You can lose a lot of talents. You can even lose a lot of people to maybe even to the transfer portal. But this has to get better, and this has to get better now, or else this is going to be in for a long year. And like, isn't that the classic thing? Is like, can Arkansas football and basketball just not be good at the same time? <laughs> like, can we have both years where both teams put it together? Seems like it's almost impossible for that to happen. But, geez, it just it's extremely frustrating. I've been telling you about prize picks, and if you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to college football action, prize picks makes college basketball even more exciting. It's the daily fantasy that's made easy. It's the leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world and also offers the all-star power of the Power Five as well as mid-major players that you probably haven't even heard of. And all of you that will go up to sign up today, you will receive 100% instant deposit up to $100 just be sure to use the promo code locked on. It allows more mixed sports entries, and it's very easy to use on the award winning app on both the App Store and on Google Play. So entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Go to prizepicks.com and use promo code locked on or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is the daily fantasy made easy. <laughs> Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
All right, so the Razorback basketball team didn't do us any favors and having some fun things to talk about. But uh, unfortunately, neither, neither will this next topic, where over the weekend, Trey Williams, who was Arkansas's top pass rusher, uh, may have been arguably the the one of the, especially in the part of the first part of the season, he was like All-American, All-SEC status. He kind of had a little bit of a drop-off, but still a really talented player and really good. Well, he was arrested early on Sunday, and he was charged with suspicion of driving while intoxicated. Now, uh, he's 24 years old, and he was found asleep in his vehicle in the drive through lane of McDonald's on MLK there in Fayetteville. So if those of you who are pretty familiar with it, you know exactly where it was. It says the car was in park, and the police responded at 1.11 a.m. They conduct the police to conduct a field sobriety test on the scene and determined Williams was too impaired to drive and placed him under arrest. He received, he revealed a blood alcohol content of 0.09, which is just above the legal limit of 0.08. So, uh, yeah, just right there into the mix. Uh, so you hated to see that. You, ha you hate to see any player get arrested. And I don't know what it is about, because Darren McFadden fell asleep in the drive-thru at a Whataburger, and then Trey Williams falling asleep in the drive-thru at McDonald's. I guess better to be in a parked car that's not driving anywhere than being out on the road, at least for the extended period of time. That's where you could have hurt somebody. Uh, but either way, Trey Williams then went on to social media and uh, <clears throat> put out one of these posts where it says, quote, my uh, time has been amazing here as I have arrived last summer. Although it was for a short time, y'all welcome me with open arms and allow me to experience the best collegiate season I could have asked for. With that being said, I have decided to pursue my NFL dreams and move on to the next level. With regards to what happened early this morning, I want to apologize for what occurred for not representing the state and logo the way it should be represented, which is with pride and honor. So he's moving on to the next level. He will not be participating in the bowl game, and he's also apologizing for uh, getting arrested for uh, a DWI. Okay, so uh, Trey Williams was one of those guys that I honestly didn't even think about the possibility of him not playing in the bowl game. I thought that it would be an, an obvious deal. I didn't think that it would be something that would be even discussed because what you think about on this podcast is like we've discussed a few players that could or could not actually be in the mix of playing like, you know, like John Ridgeway or Monteric Brown or, you know, one of those people. But uh, Trey Williams, was, I guess, is one that people maybe just chalked up to he'll for sure be back or maybe they chalked up to, you know, it's it's whatever, because if he leaves or whatever, it's not that big of a deal. But either way, him moving on is uh, just another uh, player that they're going to be without of and then a very important player that they're going to be out of for the bowl game. And I got to give it up for Trey Williams. You know, when he came in and he transferred into Arkansas, like the transfers themselves were such big impacts, like John Ridgeway and obviously Trey Williams and Markel Utzi, who did a really great job there too. Like they they were big time. They, they were about as integral of an important part of this team and especially the makeup of this defense than anybody could. And that's what I loved about this staff with Sam Pittman is that they realized that they had to address a major need of losing out on defensive linemen last year, not having depth of the defensive line position. So they went after in the, in them in the portal and you saw the difference that they made. So uh, that was great to see. But the thing, and going back to whole Trey Williams, though, and him opting out, uh, like if you think about it, he started 11 games this year. He had a team high six sacks, three more than the next highest Razorback. Uh, which, of course, was Hayden Henry in the other case. Uh, he's 6'5", 255 pounds. He has 28 total tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, and six quarterback hurries. And he also had a team-high 36 pressures, according to Pro Football Focus. So he was a really good player this year for Arkansas. 
And I think in the beginning part, when you saw what he did, especially against Texas A&M, I think that probably was the game that uh, he really had his coming out party and people really started to see how good he was. Uh, I think that that's what really, you know, put up a, a light in people's minds of like, okay, so maybe they finally found somebody to, to get after the quarterback. And again, with injuries and stuff, and then going up against particular teams, it was pretty difficult, but still, um, he was a, he was a guy that made the difference. And I think that if he can kind of set the example and being where Sam Pittman and the staff realizes if they have a need, which they're going to have a need on defensive line again, um, first off, you got to make sure and do whatever you can to do to keep John Ridgeway back in Fayetteville. I'm not saying you will be able to, but you got to try. Throw all that you can at him because it's going to be really tough to try to replace your entire defensive line again. Because um, again, you caught lightning in a bottle, and that's great, and it worked out this year. But I don't want to have to be in this situation. I'm sure Sam Pittman doesn't either, where every single year you're having to replace your defensive lineman, your entire defensive line. You're having to go into the portal. You're having to recruit into that you're kind of having hoping that certain guys work out and you know those are the things that make it uh, pretty difficult so you don't want to get into that situation but you're hoping that they can do it again next year where they can find another Trey Williams they can find another John Ridgeway they can find uh some other great players like the the I guess is it the Landon Jackson kid from LSU defensive lineman and edge rusher like that's big time and you're hoping that he can kind of be what Trey Williams was or even better but all that to say that I wish nothing but the best of luck to Trey. I hate that he had to end with the with the DWI arrest. And I mean, it's just again crazy. Point zero point nine zero no point zero nine, which is you literally point zero one over the legal limit. You hate to see that, but wish him nothing but the best of luck. He was a big part of this Arkansas team and a big part of their success. And uh, hopefully, he can find something at the next level because uh, again, he's a really good football player and really helped out Arkansas this year as well. Bet online has you covered all seasons with props, odds, and lines more than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So head over to betonline.ag where the game starts. Also brought to you by Built Bar. Listen, it's the holiday season, right? You may not have time left to try to get some last minute gifts or some stocking stuffers when it comes to the holiday season. But luckily for you, Built Bar is a perfect item to put in those stockings with all the delicious flavors that they have of various types whether it's the raspberry or mint brownie or cherry or double chocolate cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, no matter what it is, they have you taken care of. And the best thing about it is they're easy, they're fast, they're convenient, they taste amazing, and they're healthy for you as well. So don't hesitate and take advantage of this great deal that you have by listening to this podcast. If you head over to built.com and use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. It doesn't matter how many you order. doesn't matter how many you go through. doesn't matter. You can buy the whole store if you wanted to. Just be sure to use that promo code LOCKED15 at built.com for 15% off at built.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks po- uh, podcast. Uh, over the weekend, you know, we don't talk much golf, obviously, but since it's Razorback related, we got to be able to talk about it. Uh, but essentially, over the weekend, the PNC Championship was happening, and the whole storyline, and I'm not hating on it at all because it was so cool, was Tiger Woods and his son Charlie Woods uh, playing in the PNC. We haven't seen Tiger Woods play since his car accident very much at all. And so to see him go out there and then to see his son and, and the way he plays is so similar to Tiger. Like, that was just so cool and awesome. If you're a golf fan or just a Tiger fan, that, man, that just got you excited. And seeing those highlights on Twitter especially was just so cool to see. And as cool as that was, which it was, and I don't want to take anything away from it, the real story, though, was actually who won the PNC, John Daly and his son, John Daly the second. Both of those guys are awesome, and they're Razorbacks. And in fact, seeing uh, John Daly II wear his Razorback hat was just a really cool moment and really cool thing. And for those of you who don't know, John Daly II is actually a freshman at Arkansas, and uh, he's he's on the he's on the golf team. But uh, both of them combined shot 57 in the scramble format, and they won by two shots. Uh, and the thing is, is that with the way that John Daly, like you know what what he's all been through, and you know the competitive nature that he's had, and the golf tournaments and uh, and majors and all that that he's played in, he said that this is probably his favorite moment ever. Which I can imagine, like I could imagine that that was that was uh, such a cool moment to be able to play in a tournament and to to win it and to win it with your son too. Uh, in fact, uh, John Daly said yesterday it was all him. I putted so bad. I finally hit some decent shots and play, he he played unbelievable. I played a little better today. I made him happy. So which was uh, cool to see. But uh, also, you know, just like seeing the videos of them when they got the award and, and all that. Like I just I get this about John Daly. I brought all that up to bring up this. I love John Daly. And I just think that there was a time period, and you know who I'm talking about when a certain athletic director was in power, that did not embrace John Daly, did not want John Daly around. And, you know, there's people even in Arkansas that maybe don't want to have John Daly as a, as a fixture or as a face for Arkansas. And I could tell you this, people, you, I, we all need John Daly to be out there as much as possible. And we need him to be talked about as much as possible, to be seen as much as possible. Like, John Daly is a true Razorback. Like, he is. He loves Razorback athletics, no matter it's football, basketball, baseball, no matter what it is. He comes to games all the time. He wears all the Razorback gear nonstop, whether it's the Razorback pullover or, you know, Razorback pants. Sometimes he'll even wear a Razorback hat without a shirt on with a he's ripping a heater down there on the, on the 17th hole. Like, sometimes it's just that way, and it's just awesome. And so – to me, that's a type of personality that I want to be a part and to be connected with the University of Arkansas as much as possible. I've always talked about college game day. If they ever came to Fayetteville, who should be the celebrity guest picker? I have a feeling it'll probably be people that, you know, are kind of cliche and boring. But to me, it should be John Daly. Like John Daly should be that guy. That's the type of person that he should be involved where if you ever have a celebrity appearance or you need somebody to represent Arkansas, represent the Razorbacks, Get John Daly. Who cares about his crazy lifestyle that he's led? Who cares about any of that? He's awesome. Everyone loves John Daly. Everyone loves big John Daly. Like, if you're a golf fan, everyone loves John Daly. Like, he's just, he's so cool. And he's kind of changed the whole culture, at least the the personality of how the stereotypical golfer had to have. Like, and he's a Razorback. 
He's got Razor X stuff all over the place. So that was just really cool to see him and his son with the Razorback logos and everything win the PNC and to continue to see positive lights of John Bailey and all that stuff. Even though Tiger Woods and Charlie Woods was definitely a huge story, don't get me wrong, the, it was really cool to see, of course, uh, John, big John Bailey back into the mix as well. So either way, really cool for that to see uh, to be seen over the weekend. Appreciate everybody listening into Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNamers for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.